0: All right, as we pick back up on the book reading of Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? I'm going to pick up on the striking question. And in the chapter for the striking question, The Church and Threatening Contemporary Ideas, I'm picking up at Demanding a New Faith. These days, young people are searching for meaning and identity. While the church was the context of my youth, nowadays young people do not experience church the same way. Research is showing that they are enthralled with spirituality more than ever, but are rejecting the church. One of my professors at Boston University, the late Dale Andrews, once pointed out, Black urban youth and the Black middle class feel that church has become irrelevant to their daily struggles. At the core of their frustration lie displaced faith identity, conflicts. Churches in Black communities are important symbols of faith and places where Black people congregate for certain events such as weddings, funerals, and so on. However, the traditional dominant cultural Assumptions about the faith are no longer hallmarks of black Christianity like they were as recently as the 80s and 90s. There are many reasons for this. Among them, technology advancements with global influences and the influx of new ideas and shifts in family structures. The Internet has replaced both the textbook and the library. And far fewer parents are requiring their children to go to Sunday school or church at all. Fewer and fewer youth and middle class people see places with steeples and spaces of self-discovery and spiritual formation. They take their questions to the bookstores, classrooms, and internet. Google is the new card catalog, opinions are the new source of knowledge and online video portals such as YouTube and Netflix are the new pulpit. So while people are more spiritual today than previous generations, what they see in the media and online shapes their vision of the world, God, and themselves. A growing number of youth and young adults are opting for subcultural identity groups i. e. gangs, and alternative religious groups, and alternative religious groups such as science and consciousness groups, five percenters, the nation of Islam, Black Israelites, Wiccans, Wiccans and varying forms of rich witchcraft to guide them in self discovery and their search for success. Similar to my early orientation to the christian faith spirituality in these groups tend to be experience based experience must not be underestimated but it is varied and complex it can be very difficult to find one's self without a sound faith foundation difficult times broken dreams family misfortunes and broken hearts will send one's life into a tailspin of doubt and even atheism. However, even the most cynical person wonders if there might be something out there somewhere to help cope with life. Pew Research reports that millennials are reluctant about going to church and don't value scripture as a guide for living. Yet they are more spiritual than previous generations More millennial spirituality is the search for a God who cares about their everyday life and is concerned for the flourishing of their lives. One wonders if the church interpretation of scripture has not kept up with the questions of this generation. Meanwhile, alternative spiritual groups are offering responses to the generation's questions and an increased number of both college students and career-focused urban millennials are buying what they are teaching. While these religions have profound differences, they commonly emphasize the integration of spirituality into everyday life. And their ideas have infiltrated contemporary hip hop, pop rock and country music, literature, and poetry. I am deeply concerned that Christianity, with such rich gifts of unity, love, and hope at its foundation, is losing its meaningfulness in American cities. We must revisit the roots of Christianity, reckon with its decorated history, and advance a renewed vision of the faith. That way, we can restore the integrity of Scripture And unveil the necessity of the church, which that this generation, the church such that this generation, excuse me, and future generations will better connect with the church. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the question my student asked me about Christianity being the white man's religion. Since then, the issue has come up again and again in conversations with other millennials. So I spent some time with an interdisciplinary group of scholar friends, some of whom participated in helping me during the writing of this book. I have come to the conclusion that the question of Christianity being the white man's religion is not merely an attack on Christianity. Neither is it meant to insult white people or attack white men. It is an honest question of contemporary relevance of the faith in a diverse world. The question challenges a history in which groups of professing Christians have used the Bible in ways that oppress others. It rejects systems that claim Christianity is foundational while privileging some and creating underprivileged situations for others. Demographic predictions observe a significant increase of ethnic diversity in American cities. Amid this change, the question of Christianity being a white man's religion expresses concern about pervasive white male ideology in society structures. Many young people believe that the Bible and Christianity are responsible for the oppression Hate and destruction of identity, such ideological superstructures have caused. And I'll pause there. No, oh, no, I can keep going. The next section Living It Out. A brief housekeeping note. At the end of most chapters, you will find a section like this one labeled Living It Out. My goal is to keep this book practical and provide readers with a quick summary and application of what they've encountered in this chapter. So let's summarize. As one seeking to understand the relationship between faith and contemporary culture, I have observed that millennials who question the relevance of the Bible and the church tend to do so in light of their, life, of their lived reality. In a complex world of brokenness, people are looking for a faith that gives them meaning and a reason to hope again. Unfortunately, contemporary expressions of angelical Christianity provide little of what this generation needs. This is especially the case with black urban millennials. I was in a deep conversation with a former drug pusher who asserted, Doc, you've got to take the religion to the streets. His point was that right now there is a chasm between the Bible and the people in the streets. There is a gap between what local churches sometimes care about and what the majority of the people need. Millennials are often turned off with church and they reject the Bible. For them, Christianity is the religion of the oppressors and the Bible does not affirm Blacks, other minorities, or women in their pain and suffering. A closer look at the Bible and a renewed focus on love, compassion, and justice will refresh us with living water to quench our never-ending thirst of spirituality and social justice. Churches like the one from my childhood are few and far between, or maybe churches like that are simply ineffective in today's social climate. There are certainly far less close-knit families just such as the one I am privileged to have. As a result, the way we do church and the focus of the Christian message must respond to the changing times. However, Christian leaders tend to promote a faith that arguably supports the systems of oppression and blames the downcast for that for their plight, overlooking the pain in the streets. The affirmation of ethnic diversity in the message of faith and the practice of faith in social advocacy and policy making are necessary to meet the needs of today. A lack of attention given to these dynamics in contemporary society lends, leads, lends to the question that continues to resurface. Is Christianity the white man's religion? I will further unpack challenges of faith in a generation in which black and brown millennials, post-millennials, and generation Z are searching for identity and a sense of belonging. Something is happening that has created a loss of trust in the faith. I want to rediscover biblical Christianity for a better grip on what the Bible is really about and the hope the faith offers. For example, learning a bit more about ethnic diversity in scripture helps young people of color better identify with the faith. I never cease to be amazed at how people's ears perk up when I talk about the black presence in the Bible. Time and time again they are surprised to learn that there are people of color in the Bible. For some traditional Christians, this is a trivial fact, and perhaps that is the problem. A generation in search of connection with the ultimate being requires more information about God than they are getting from their traditional Christianity. I worry that the richness of hope Love, compassion, and acceptance in Christ escapes a faithless generation through the shadows of perceived oppression. To excavate scripture and the essence of biblical Christianity sheds light on a far more inclusive than exclusive Christ, more empowering than disempowering, and more affirming than demeaning faith. This says to the contemporary unbeliever that contrary to popular belief, biblical Christianity is God's gift to those who struggle with a sense of identity and belonging, social injustice, and oppression. A closer look at the Bible and a renewed focus on love, compassion, and justice will refresh us with the living water to quench our never-ending thirst for spirituality and social justice so that ends chapter one the striving question of is christianity the white man's religion so when we come back we'll be moving into chapter two which is a crisis of faith so family Stay tuned, as it seems like it's about to get interesting. How are we going to take it to the streets? How are we going to let our millennials and post-millennials and Generation Z know that they are recognized in the Bible? All right. See you next week.